This month in the Hustle Humbly community, we're talking all about working with family. Not just as a real estate business partner or team, but also representing family in their own transactions. Want to hear other community members share their stories and advice? There's still time to join us in the group and participate in the May Live. Head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash membership to sign up. See you there. Nobody wants to drive there, Matt. Stop <laughs> yeah, it. Nobody wants to drive there. He's going to be the governor someday. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait for the first alligator to be a service animal. <laughs> right. How come you can find cocaine in a cereal box, but you can't find the ketchup in the fridge? <laughs> do you happen to be on Main Street? He's like, how do you know that? And I called Matt, I'm like, yeah. He's there. Yeah. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. Welcome, Matt. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I, like, I like that was really good. Hey, this, yes. is, this is episode 203. Um, so nearly 200 episodes ago. Wow. Oh, it should have been 204. I, it's not. It's 203. This is all I can do. Matt was our very first guest. 199 episodes <laughs> ago. You would think you'd be able to get better pool of people by now. <laughs> you're right. Shouldn't we know more people by now? I know. No, it's I just know. you're so smart. We're no. so smart. And the people have been asking us questions about property management. And apparently, you're an expert. Uh, I don't necessarily say an expert, but I <laughs> have a lot of years of experience. I think in that's making mistakes good. and fixing problems and great. Are you going to share all your mistakes with us? I'll share some for sure. Perfect. Okay, Can't wait. That's going to be awesome. Well, when we talked to you in episode four, we kind of talked about a bunch of different things that you did, mm -hmm. but property management was kind of always there. Mm -hmm. And then, when did you just recently start? your property management company? Um, we, so we or maybe rewind a minute. Yeah, so start from in the two, beginning. <laughs> in 2006, I got licensed. Okay. Um, and then, of course, we had the downturn in the market in 2007, 2008. Um, and I got into property management to offset expenses and lifestyle and stuff like that and really learn the business from there. Stepped out of property management in 2015 Got back into it in 2017, and the market was really, on the sales market, was really, of course, everybody knows it was crushing really well, yeah. 17, 18, um, 19. So we were growing growing a little bit there, but still mainly focusing on sales. COVID really was the tipping point of going, this thing's about to change. The market, we're in a market where usually five to seven years of a downturn. The flood happened in 2016 in Baton Rouge, which kind of offset our our market in in a different way. Yeah. Which set homes that sold weren't supposed to sell that sold, and people bought that probably wouldn't have bought because they could buy a house and re and do do some remodel stuff and things like that. So it kind of pushed our market a little bit further. COVID was great for everybody in sales, but then interest rates start started rising in 21. Uh, but I saw that in COVID, like, I, so my, my game plan went into focusing on building systems and models for property management so that we could grow in the market we are in today. So our phone rings every day on new, new people. Well, do you also feel like during the part of the market just before COVID and during COVID when the interest rate got so low, so many new investors entered the market? We had some, but most people were selling. Like, so, oh. so if you were, if you were, you could sell there because the market was so tight, you were the, or not the market, market was so flush of sales. We had investors selling their properties because mm. they can make the most amount of money that yeah. they've seen in that market. So we lost a handful of clientele and stuff during that piece, uh, from 2000 to 2020, 2020 to 2021. Okay. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And didn't your family have some – like, how did you get into it in the first place? How did you even know what to do back in 2007? I answered a newspaper ad um, 
of a guy that needed somebody to run a, por- a portfolio. Bruce McMorin, he owns Rental Summer Own Scruggs, uh, one of the largest Baton Rouge real estate brokerages at the time. It started in 1962. Uh, he went he went to mainly just portfolio management from uh, rentals and to and HOAs, and so he needed someone to come take over a portfolio and head it up. Uh, answered a newspaper ad as I was trying to find something to keep my license active. Because I was a buyer's agent at first, and mm-hmm. then we talked about it on the first episode. Yeah. Give Kayla Johnson another shout out because someone will listen to this and call her about it. Uh, <laughs> so after me and Kayla, after the market kind of shifted, I got into property management with Bruce and learned the business from him. Do you remember how many units he had that you were managing? 230 uh, oh. total units, but we had a couple property managers that were running portfolios. And that's how you got started. Like That's yeah. how you learned. Yeah, that's I, a trial by fire. I, I jumped into like 114 doors and probably 10 HOAs. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> I don't even know what question to ask about At that, that. point, I'm like, <laughs> how, how hard is it to run an HOA? That's my immediate question. <sighs> we get asked all the time. We currently have two HOAs that we manage, and it's not something that we're really going to grow in that aspect of the business just because the, the, the timing of it takes so much, uh, and there's so many little things that you have to make sure that are taken care of. So uh, we're not really built for that. We, we dipped our toes in it and just kind of tested the market in two of them. Um, and and, and I, when I got out of management in 15, I said the first thing I said, I'd, I'd never get back into HOA because you're the guy that has to get everything done and also the guy that no one likes. Right. And right. I'm a high eye personality and everyone needs to like me. Yes, yeah. you're like, this, um, is, not, this so, is not a fit. So it didn't, it didn't fit. Um, but business model of it is is really scalable uh, and it, it's very profitable. And that's why there's so many people that are in it. Getting Are more people getting into it? I feel like there's a couple of big players locally. Mm-hmm. Like how many would you say locally? I'm, I'm not going to hold you to this, but do you hear of the same two yeah, or three? Sure. Yeah, yeah. We get call, I get calls all the time because I, I, I when I left rental RSS in 2015, uh, we were managing somewhere around 45 HOAs. Uh, and oh so uh, we, and we had, had a, we had a, a model that we, we didn't want the more or less cookie cutter HOA stuff. We wanted more of the upper end, like Mallard Lakes, Bocage Lakes, okay. um, right. places like that. And so okay. that's real Santa Maria. Those were our client. That was our clientele. Uh, my vision for HOA was farming to sell houses. You would get and your then, foot and then, in the door and, and then, then be like, hey, just, by the way. There's too many problems to go from that. Well, it's from, time from that consuming, yeah. right? And then nobody wants to work with the one they don't like. Yeah, I sent them a letter <laughs> because their dog was using the bathroom in someone else's yard. You know? <laughs> and then you're like, and if you ever want to sell your <laughs> yeah, house, I'm here. And they're like, we already the hate The model didn't you. work for where, where I wanted to be with it. And so I exited that and uh, said I'd never get back into it. And we got approached. Uh, Lee Moss is a really good referral partner of ours, and she referred us one last year that we've kind of taken on and uh, trying to work out everything with it. But it's how's it, it going? It's going. Every day's new. Okay. Well, so for our listeners that are new, we have lots of new agent listeners. Give us like the quick, quick description of what you have to do if you run an HOA. Um. <laughs> so you're the point of contact for the for the association, whether there's 10, 10 units or ten houses or Ten thousand. So um, you're 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 paying the bills. You're making sure vendors are doing what they're supposed to do. You're 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 getting all the income that comes in and things like that. Just like a regular yeah. regular property management stuff. So, for example, I just had a closing a transaction where there's a board of directors, mm-hmm. and that's just the people that live there mm-hmm. that are like the HOA president. Mm-hmm. But then, if you need to get your roof replaced, you would talk to the president who talks to the management company. Is that kind of every single one of them is different? different. I see. Every every person that sits in that president seat either leverages the management company a different way than than right. Them, okay. They're all they're all run different. There's so no there's Alyssa no, doesn't live in a neighborhood, you know. Me neither. Right. She, okay, I, was, so y'all, I wouldn't either. Y'all, y'all don't get it. I am in a neighborhood governed by the For almighty sure. HOA. Yeah, and we have a management company that mm-hmm. handles it that it doesn't do a great job, I would say. And it's very bureaucratic because it's basically like the 
they send out a person in a car once mm-hmm. a month to drive through mm-hmm. and check to make sure you're not breaking any rules, mm-hmm. which could mean you built a fence that you didn't ask for permission to build. You're, um, I don't know, you put a swing set in your front yard. Like you did something, like you did something that you weren't allowed to do, including parking a car on the street. Mm-hmm. But you have to get that wrong three times before you actually get fined. Well, if someone just came to visit you, they're that unlikely going to be there the exact same time you know, a month later when, because they come at random, you don't know when the checks are. Mm. Um, but then you, they have to send a letter, which cost our, our, our dues a certain amount of money. Like the mm-hmm. letter cost $6 to send and there's like a fee. And then they send you these, it, you know, very bureaucratic. I could totally understand why someone wouldn't want to get into HOA management. Or if you did, I feel like it would have to be the only thing you did. Correct. Because it's hard. But at the end of the day, it's the management company that handles the money. That not only do they handle the money, they handle all of the communication in my neighborhood. So I can't, okay. I know who the president is. I can't call that person. I could go knock on their door, but they would still tell me you have to go through the management company to get anything done. Okay. If you had a complaint or you wanted to add a fence or something, I have to go through the – and we have a portal, like an online portal mm-hmm. to, like, do all this Look, that's and what I'm it's saying. funny because like I wasn't even thinking about HOAs for this episode. I was just thinking about managing. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready to move on. Oh, rental, <laughs> rental. Look, as a, as a person who has to deal with an HOA, that's why I was like, no. tell me more. But you I didn't mean, think about. I get that. calls yeah. all the time about, hey, how do I find this person or who manages this? Because I used to have that database just in my in head. your head, and yeah, so and it changes going through using the Secretary of State, finding out who they are, moving that way. But right. yes, I, I, uh, I, 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 that was once part of a big, big chunk of our portfolio, and now it's a very profitabil- small piece. profitability piece. Yeah, yeah. Let's and you manage more individual units, single you call families, them doors. some multifamily, and okay. we're we're bridging into um, some commercial. Do is it all properties that other people own, or do you manage some of your own property? No, I, I uh, manage all every everyone else's. I sold mine you in do, okay. 2020. Oh, okay. You're like, yeah, you were one of the ones. Yeah, You're like, I'm going to take these. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Okay. So do you know how many units you're managing now? We have somewhere, and we represent somewhere around 100 um, or so clients, tenant, okay. tenants and landlords. How big is your team? Like how many people are involved in that in your office? So I have Megan, who is a director of operations Okay. Uh, for me. She kind of oversees the day to day. She's great. She's, she's oh, awesome. Great. Okay. Shout um, out Megan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then Derek, Derek is in the trenches. He's, he's really running the, the day to day PM side of it. Okay. Uh, jumping That's into the stuff that like is so tedious. Right, like collecting rent and putting tenants in place, Mm -hmm. taking complaints, scheduling repairs. repairs. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So time-consuming. Very time-consuming. We have some softwares that we use. Okay, good. That was one of my questions. That's what we want to get to, your systems. Before you get there, tell me what you – what the I guess the market charges for property management if you want to share what you charge for property management like how many if someone was like an agent who maybe his business is slowing and they want to add in property management as like a side hustle or a supplemental part of their income how many units do you feel like you need to make that you know impactful financially I mean the traditional market has always been 10% of gross rents um, okay. it's typically on is where most management companies charge. Um, what we found when we were building our systems was people thought that you got all these different things uh, are pieces of a management style or system in that 10%. And sometimes, sometimes you're like, that's really not a part of what this management is. Um, so we hired a uh, consultant to come in, uh, kind of deep dive into our market and and help us come up with a different pricing strategy to stand out. So oh, we have a, we have a three tier we have a three tiered system. Okay. Um, first first level is the most economical level. Second, uh, we offer uh, pet assurances, we offer eviction assurances, oh. and things like that to where we're not necessarily uh, collecting pet deposits. They pay a pet fee. Uh, the tenant does, and so because typically let's let's, let's if we're looking at what a pet deposit is, it could be $250, $350. You price yourself out of the market anytime you get up over that. If you have a dog that is causing damage to a house, it's $250, $350 goes nowhere it, yeah. it, out the window fast. 
So uh, I personally guarantee um, through our business that I will give $1,000 in our pet assurance package in addition to the deposit. Oh. So $1,000 gets a little bit further. Yeah. Uh, we, use a, we, we use a software um, that the dog goes through an application process. Oh. And so they have to go in and if, if it's had any issues, it'll be in this database. Really? So they pay to have their dog dog certified through our system. Oh, interesting. So so yeah, there's a bunch of different things that make us stand out than just someone that's wanting to do a side hustle. Okay. And you like do you like individual owners? Do you have owners that have many units? We have, we there, have a mixture. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like okay. Like I, I we are 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 we have a we have owners that just have one and they're like, I just need to rent this out. I don't have time to mess with it. And then I have a investors that are like adding to their portfolios all the time Hmm. i feel like from a profitable standpoint doing it as a side hustle would not be easy because you really have to have protocol systems liability like all of these things in place and it's not worth having all of those things for just two or three properties and most brokerages it's the most litigious part of it's the most litigious part of having a real estate license because there's so many people that do it that don't really have the bearings to actually fulfill it. Okay. Um, there's a lot of brokerages that you could go interview and they won't take on any of your management stuff. Oh. Um, they don't want to be a, they don't want to have property management in their arm uh, because it is, it, it is, you have to have so many checks and balances in place because of whether it's fair housing or whether it's what, different different okay, different great. things that go through there. Let's do a little dive into the fair housing. Mm-hmm. How like give us some what are some of the things you have to do to make sure you're complying with fair housing when you're property managing? Main thing is um, treat everyone equal and don't let your owner get involved in any decision making. Yeah. Mm. So for instance, if you're taking applications on a unit and you have to like vet the tenants and then how much of that information can you share with the owner? None. Mm-mm. You Not, just tell them who you chose. They see the name we, when they sign. Yes. But you, mm. but you choose. Main thing is to keep them out. We have a scoring system that we look at their, their rental history, credit history, um, how fast they fill out the application. Oh. Uh, mm. How fast they get us the documents. Oh. Um, their uh, credit score. Um, and so then it gives us a score um, built on our the, the data that we built. And so they'll either qualify as a regular tenant or they'll qualify as, hey, you qualify, but you need to give us a double deposit. Oh, that's okay. interesting. And, and do you partner with the owner of the property to decide what score they are comfortable with or you choose? No, like your they, tenants they are all... stay completely out of it. Okay. So how do you, what software is it that scores them? You we created built, it? We built it. <gasps> that's amazing. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Me, Megan and Derek just kind of sat down and we were looking at how we would score this, what's the best way to do it, to keep it as an equal playing field right. as possible. Because mm-hmm. in our market today, we'll get an application on, let's say one house might get an application, six applications at one yeah, time. You- and so then you're traditionally, you're you're going through them one at a time, but you might be looking at number one and then number six actually is the best qualified person, but you don't get to them. So we wanted to create a, uh, a system to where we can screenshot them and look at the best score uh-huh. possible um just like a multiple offer situation okay in, that makes total estate. sense yeah do you then give tenants like a time like hey we have an application in everyone has to get theirs in in 24 hours and you're like do you do you give a time like as if you had an offer in no not necessarily Dep- okay depends on the situation how they come in because they can come from different different ways we'll we'll acknowledge to everyone that we have multiple offers or multiple applications, applications yeah. and then if they want to pull at that point will refund their application oh, fee at that point. But okay. if they want to go through the process, they're they going to they're gonna pay the, the application fee. Okay. Do you use any software that is available in the market that you didn't create? Like, Yeah. I mean, so we use, uh, from the beginning, Appfolio is our financial software. So it's it's our, where our tenant portals are. It's where our owner portals are. It's where we pay our bills. It's where I do our checks and balances, where our cash flow are of our owner's. It's where tenants will put in um, maintenance requests that we can link to the property to where they're all in that s- the monthly statement. Okay, makes uh, sense. We use uh, a software called Tenant Turner. Okay. 
And so Tenant Turner basically is a portal that that connects to Appfolio that the tenant can go and schedule the appointment and go through the application process from that. Um, we're looking and we've been testing the market on self-show boxes. Okay, I was going to ask. How's uh, it going? I like it a lot. We it, it, It's because and whether it's sales or tenants, um, schedules are always so hard. That tenant yeah. wants to see the, just like we talked a minute ago about your person needed to see it and they could they couldn't get there for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Well that person then leaves and the getting that tenant to come back was was extremely difficult and mm. re engage them. So we in a couple of markets, especially in our outer Ascension Livingston where we have a struggle like, hey, my office is on industrial plex. So if we're and we have a property in Jefferson Terrace, we can get there in five minutes. But yeah. most of the time if if it's a if we it's need so to get far. there and show it. But we'll block out appointments. Some in some gated communities, it doesn't work. Um, but for the most part, it's it's not bad. But then it just keeps them. So if they don't, so in Tenant Turner, even if we were scheduling, we were going to meet face to face. It sends them a message and it says, "Hey, we're going. We, we have an appointment in an hour. We have an appointment it's in thirty minutes." Them. And so it reminds them because they're not putting it in a calendar right. most of the time. Okay. So is the self-showings happening? Like y'all are using it now? Mm-hmm. So what happens when they get there to the property? So um, it sends them a code. They have to be in the geo service of it. They got to upload okay. their driver's license to get to be able to get to it. Through an app? Mm-hmm. Okay. And oh. so then it'll send them a code. They'll open up the code and then they'll have to close the, close the close it up. And then mm-hmm. we send somebody... To check to, it to out. Go, go, to go back and walk through it. Make sure everything's good. Okay. So time. basically a person from your office has to go even mm-hmm. if they weren't at the showing. They've mm-hmm. got to Correct. go that day. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh. How's that going? <laughs> you know, it's, it, uh, it's going well. Uh, I mean, of course, if you have, let's just say you have six vacancies. I think we have four or five right now. But if you have four or five vacancies and you have Derek who's trying to schedule all these showings, He's out in the field majority of the time, and you have so many things in the office that need to be, yeah. to be handled. So that's a, a, it's becoming a um, more reliable source to be able to, one, get the tenant in the property when the tenant wants to see it, mm-hmm. um, and it leverages Derek's time a little bit. So it's just the three of you, you, Megan, and Derek? Yeah. Mm, it's a lot. To handle, for yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot okay, to handle. Okay, so the software is helping with scheduling maintenance repairs like does it go straight to a vendor or you then have to be involved again like a request comes in for a leaky faucet correct it, w- yes we we want to diagnose what that uh what the want i want Derek to diagnose what the at what the uh problem actually is because yeah. it could be hey go check your breaker make sure that breaker didn't flip instead of charging our owner a $75 trip fee or a $100 trip fee to go, hey, man, it was just a breaker, but I got to charge you. So that. he troubleshoots them he on trouble, the He troubleshoots them as much as mm. he possibly can. If it's an escalated problem, like an emergency, we'll, we'll be out there on site. Yeah. Um, but no, and then we're going through. Because some owners want to handle their own maintenance. They, don't, they, don't, they want to go do it themselves. So we'll coordinate it with them oh. or we'll send one of our vendors. Okay, what if you have to send your vendor? Then you pay it. Or and they then reimburse you for that amount, the owner. You just so, withhold it from uh, the yeah. rent. So, yeah. So so typically we we're we're running a thirty day business. So okay. uh rent comes in on the first, it's late on the fifth, I can evict you on the sixth. Oh uh mm-hmm. and so uh from there we'll collect the rent. We cash flow our owners somewhere between the tenth and the fifteenth, depending on okay. timing of the month and the day of the how the how the mm-hmm. month falls out. If we have a lingering bill, we'll either hold that out or we'll wait to cash flow that owner at the end of the month. So it comes out of their proceeds, shows on their cash flow, so it's an expense to the business. Okay. (laughs) How much goes into this? I was surprised, actually, when you said that it was, like, profitable and scalable. Because to me, it just seems – I mean, I just know, like, one house, okay? Say an agent wanted to manage one house to make a little extra money – and it's hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. Yeah, right, <laughs> you make like a hundred bucks a month. Like that right. sounds terrible. Yeah. But if you have these systems in place and you can manage a hundred or two hundred or three hundred or more, and your systems are working and you can just keep putting them in, but then at some point, I guess your manpower of Derek would be needing more. That's it. So because someone has so, to be available twenty four hours a day. No, not necessarily. Okay. We don't do twenty four hour maintenance. 
All right. Um, so even on an emergency call. Correct. We'll acknowledge the call like uh, with a, via email so they know that we received it. Um, and then the next day, next business day, unless it's an emergency over the weekend, we'll hang it. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. work that during the, that period. A few more questions about your systems before we move on. So if it's in the night and they have an issue, is it like an email template they get back automatically through your system? Like if they're, if they, no, they email us during the, no, because we want it to be per personalized right. to whatever that, whatever the request came into. Okay. So if it's in the middle of the night and, and we're, we don't see it till the next morning, we're acknowledging it first thing that next morning. Okay. I see. I feel like you would have to have a lot of email templates in this because everything needs very similar responses. It, well, yeah. It does seem like you have repetitive situations, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. That you would just tweak. For sure. And that's where Atfolio jumps in. Okay. okay. So you, Atfolio, Tenant Turner, any other software you feel like you use? We use Lead Simple as well. Um, that helps all of our communicate. Appfolio is not a very good tenant to tenant communicator because tenants like to like to communicate via text message. Um, so if it's outside of a work order or something like that, or and they can call us, of course, but uh, we have um, automated drips and different things set up in our processes, all the way from onboarding a client to tenant renewals mm. and move outs. Okay. Yeah. What is your, is it, do people tend to renew? What's the turn? It depends on location of property is a big key on um, renewals. Uh, and, and But majority of the time we'll, we'll have a tenant for, for a couple of few years. Ample, yeah. How long are your leases? A year? One year. Okay. So you have a bunch of different types of properties. Yeah. I would tell you LSU properties probably are, are a year, a year out. We try to we try to start working that renewal sometime in February April. Make sure they're going to renew because in May you got to get people it done are looking. In summer. Yeah, yeah, I mean people are people are executing their leases for the fall in May, okay. and so we need to be able to facilitate that, or we'll be a we'll be a dry dry market there. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. That is. Are there any other parts? Because we're in a college town, that's why you're saying that. I mean, like there, it's based on the semester. Are there any other parts of town that are cyclical or seasonal where you, no are that's the most most seasonal uh, and i stray like and in, in, in investors call me all the time and ask me hey i want to buy this lsu property it's like i mean you you go 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 through uh uh what's the name of that subdivision um that backs up to where uh tigerland is you go mm -hmm. ride through that now and it's oh, not Charlo? It, yeah it's not a, it's not an lsu town anymore um, right right and so you never know when it's going to turn as these big multifamily conglomerates come in and build these awesome facilities. That have all these that's amenities. Where, yeah, that's where these kids want to go to. Yeah, yeah they, they have lazy rivers. Yeah, they don't want to go stay in a, they don't want to go stay in a three bedroom, two bath. 40 uh, year old, condo. undated condo. Correct. That's not how they've been raised. Yeah. That's really interesting. So would you say it's harder than for parents to invest yeah. for their student to live in? No, I think you're, I think you're seeing like Magnolia Lake, some of these outer parcel areas. But um, those University are detached homes. Yeah, yeah. You're seeing more investment there because uh. they can go buy the house and then rent a bedroom to each friend and offset the expense yeah. rather than paying 2000 2200 to the uh Wildwood or whatever, like a big some of those big complex. complexes are, yeah. and you still have some amenities, like you can go to the clubhouse. They have a swimming pool. That's the like transition that. I've seen working with so many parents trying to buy for their kids. Is that, you know, probably before 2020, when the big complexes were completed and really popping up, a parent could come in and get a pretty decent condo for awesome. like 150 and like close to campus on the bus route. And now you have to spend. 300, 300 at least yeah. and just yeah. at a minute to, 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 to enter to, to get into that market. I just sold yeah. a $300,000 condo. Oh, bless. that I was like, Oh mm -hmm. my gosh, is this what the LSU market has come to? Mm -hmm. And the parents are like, my kid wants to be here because of the lazy river and the gym and all their friends are there and they do socials. And it's mm -hmm. more of like, Oh, it's just sort of like, just you know, like what Perkins Row. Everyone wants to be in that, in that area where I'll have to get in a car. Like yeah. that's where that, that generation is. They don't want to have to go drive to Denver Springs to go d get something done. They, no, they, they want to do it right there on top. No. Nobody wants to drive there, Matt. Stop <laughs> no, it. Nobody wants to drive there. 
Thousands of real estate agents have purchased email templates 101 and we wanted to share some reviews. Nikki said, love these templates. I've been an agent for a little over a year and have done quite a bit of business, but this was my first time using the email templates from start to finish through a listing transaction. It made it so much easier and I feel so much more organized with these systems in place. That's what they're there for. Absolutely. Shannon said, I just sent my first seller just listed email and they loved it. That one is my favorite. It's so good. So, so good. Mandy said, these email templates were a great investment. They would have taken me years to put together on my own. They did take years. They, liter they literally took years. That's how long it took us. <laughs> so with email templates, you get 12 buyer templates, 17 seller templates with attachments to guide you through each part of the process. And each template can be customized to fit you. Check out episode number 31 for more information or head over to emailtemplates101.com. So what's your favorite type of property? Are you trying to get more houses, condos, complexes? Like No, I don't. Uh, complexes really aren't our, uh, our bread and butter because it's so hands-on. We sold a handful last year. I have a couple fourplexes. Uh, single family is really the bread and butter oh, uh, okay. scattered throughout uh, the Baton Rouge metro area. Um, getting into commercial, my dad's been a commercial agent's forever he owns him and his family own a bunch of commercial properties so getting into that uh industrial warehouse management side uh is is where we see coming into the fourth quarter of this year where, what kind of commercial projects like are you managing um, warehouses yeah office warehouse okay any particular area like uh, we'll be majority industrial plex yeah i have some out in um uh, Livingston now, um, but yeah. Where are the differences in managing commercial versus residential? I mean, obviously Depends a lot of those are lease. businesses. So yeah. like the time of day when the problem would happen would be more business. Correct. Correct. And the, tell us it, about the, the lease difference. The, the, the main difference is just being able to um, offer that residential experience through softwares to those rather than a owner having to write a check like I, I i lease from my dad i'm like man i don't like writing you a check every single month oh. like, can I, i'm gonna ach this to you or let's let's create you jump into my software let me show you how it works and so that's how that has has happened oh. making it easy on their tenants as well rather than having to mail a check or go drive a check by so you feel like commercial management locally is still kind of old school yeah for sure Okay, so is it's, that kind of like the angle you'll take to get into that market? Like yes. bringing it more technological? Mm -hmm. Okay, I like that. Yeah, like rejuvenating it. Well, I mean, like nobody it. wants to do that. And it's hard. Then you're going to knock on doors. Hey, you forgot to send your check. Oh, it's lost in the mail. Like, And, most, and just like most residential realtors, they don't want to, they don't want to mess with the management side of it, mm -mm. but they want to make sure they trust the person that they're handing it off to. So they know that when this person goes to sell it, it's their client. Okay, so we ensure thank you that. so much for bringing that up. How do you ensure that? I will give my real estate license back to the commission if I sell one of your people's houses. So anything you manage, you tell the agent that referred them to Comes, you. Kicks back. That goes right back to you we if they say they we want to sell. We just did one. I gave them one to manage. Okay. Derek called me and even said that the tenant was thinking about purchasing it. Oh, and gave you that too. Yeah. He was like, let me know what you want. Like, I just wanted to put it back in your court, you know, if mm -hmm. however you want to handle it. But Derek was like fully transparent and keeping me in the loop with I everything. I like that. Do you yeah. do any sales now? Yeah, I'll do You some. do some, mm -hmm. but but not out of that pool. Mm -mm. No, mm -hmm. unless it's my people. Right. Like, unless it's my client. I brought the client. Yeah. Or the client was a, a, a non-referral lead. It's a little bit different. But I'm not going to put them in a CRM database, churn them into right. a, a, a a seller of our our our, okay. our sellers. And okay. so you find you get more agents now that refer you. Business. I want to be the I want to be the Baton Rouge Metro agent partner in property management. I love I want, that. I want you to be able to. I want you to be able to send me a, a piece of Without business worrying. and know that it's coming back. Because I mean, every time we have a conversation with a new person that. Is, I'm just not sure. Just like that, I'll tell you. I was like, I'll send my license back before I take Thank your you. client. Thank you. I like that. That's very respectable. And I'm going to tell you a quick little anecdote. <laughs> I had a client who I sold a house to. Great client. 
knew her personally ish. I mean, she moved away to Texas. Mm-hmm. So she bought a house with me. And then when we she went to move to Texas, she's like, I'm just going to hang on to it for a bit and rent it. I don't do property management, but I will, as a favor to my clients, put a tenant in place. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I'm going to take it if you need. But in not my current office, there was another agent who was doing property management. So I'm like, listen, I'm not going to do this property management. Would you like to handle this? Well, they developed a you know consistent relationship because that person was always there doing their property management. Guess who listed their house for sale whenever they mm-hmm. were tired of renting it? That agent who I gave the business to. And quite honestly, I think that's doing me dirty. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, like, sure. What? why would I ever send you another property management client? Mm-hmm. No, that's not what I want. No. I, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. No, and it makes more sense because sure. agents who don't do property management, like most of us, need someone they trust to be like, mm-hmm. well, can you help my client? But they're still my client. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Love that. How do you handle tenant complaints or disputes? Uh, each one of them's different. Depends on the situation. Um, uh, we try to help it diplomatically as possible. Um, sometimes we have to get the owner involved. Sometimes we can handle whatever it might be. It just really depends on the situation itself. When I have tenants, I require them that they pay a certain way electronically. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, if you want to live in here, this is how you have to pay. Is that how you do it? Like, mm-hmm. if you are going to rent one of our properties, this is the form of payment and it's the only thing we accept? Well, it, it, no, I don't do that. <laughs> um, mainly because you need to give them an alternative source to be able to bring that to a physical location. Um, because if, let's just say there was a a glitch or they said there was a glitch uh if the rent is due through the tenant portal if you can't get it through the tenant portal my address is one two two three two industrial plex suite 28 it's due there first through the fifth what would you say is your breakdown does 90 98 they don't okay that's good that's the thing that i always wondered about was you can't be tracking well, down everybody well, and I, you hate the mail service mm-hmm. yeah um, can't trust the mail you don't want to, you don't i want I want electronic payment as much as possible because I want to know the funds are there. You, yeah. Because you bring me a check one time and it, and we have an issue, you you get a little bit of pass. You give give me twice, you no longer get to bring me a check. Yeah. Right. right. So, but but no one wants to do that anyway anymore. So right. Back in the day, in 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 two thousand eight through two thousand twelve, that's you had to do it that I way. I mean, yeah. If you walked into my office at RSS and on the the sixth of the month, you were walking over a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of rental, rental yeah. money. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have an accountant that's going through there and putting in deposits and, oh, gosh. and going through that piece of it. So Appfolio is really leveraged or the our software is really leveraged us not have not having to go to um, hire another yeah. accountant based person that has to be educated. You have mm-hmm. to have a trust factor to them. Yeah. My very first job in college, I mean, I had jobs before that, but my first job in college was at a commercial real estate office in the accounting department, collecting commercial like office deposit, like rent mm-hmm. deposits. And then I had to like make a photocopy mm-hmm. and I had to take them to the bank and I had to put them like in the ledger and mm-hmm. do the whole Got to go into some sort of online yeah. software anyway. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. right, right. It's yeah. got to go somewhere anyway. Okay. How do you keep up with changes in the in laws for tenants and landlords? It feels like it happens a lot locally. I don't know if that's the same nationwide. Yeah, 100%. Um, so this kind of goes back to episode four and why why Alyssa thought I want she wanted her to inter- interview me for that, <laughs> for that piece. <laughs> I was board president in 2019 with not really serving in a capacity on a, on any committees or anything like that. It was more or less put myself out there to run and, and I got involved there. Um, and it's kind of pushed um, from that to from 2019 on the governmental r- real estate governmental side of it, mm-hmm. uh, like board wise. I thought that was going to, be where it would end um and it's transitioned from i go to the state capitol probably depending on what's what's on the agenda i'll be at the state capitol a couple times during session two or three times a week maybe wow Um, so you check and see what they're discussing i'm watching the bills i'm I'm building relationships with state representatives and state senators 
having conversations on advocating why this is good or why this is bad for our industry. That's a full-time job. That And that's why Megan and Derek handle so much of what I, of the day to day, because I'm at the Capitol. Like I'll go to my office. Like, would you, or, would you have this morning? I'm like, I've been at the Capitol this morning watching this committee and figuring out how we're going to handle being an adversary or who we need to contact to vote for this. Mm, so fascinating. You more than because of that, other property managers are in the know. No, I mean, like you're involved before the law happens. There's for not sure. like a there's a group. Yeah. There's there's a handful of us that are very, very much of our. I'm an NAR director um, currently. There's a handful of us that are in this property management world that are watching. Like we did a, a, a for LR before session started, we reviewed I don't know 160, 170 bills oh that all pertain to real estate. Property management, homeowners associations. So by the time it hits the news, you knew all about Correct. it and what the path has been to get to the news and like you're involved. Just give us a handful of what are some of the things in that 160 bills that oh you're having gosh. to review? Um, like were any of them standouts? Were any of them a big uh, problem? <laughs> were they all a big problem? No, no, no. I mean, major, but majority of the time. Uh, majority of the time, the session is more like, uh, I'm not going to use that analogy. Um, <laughs> the, the, most of the time, like 160 bills. And then by the time you get to committee or through committee, maybe a handful are come out. Okay. Mm. Um, and so from that period, you're on the floor having conversations with the people that are outside because the committee really makes the decision if it pushes forward or if it dies in committee. And so if it goes through the floor, then it opens up the state rep side and then it's got to go from state rep to state Senate. And then the governor's got to sign off on it. Right. So there's a huge process to it. Um, He's going to be the governor someday. Um, the, uh, there was a handful, um, that that affected private property rights on especially on the property management side uh that didn't want you to be able to verify any criminal background checks or or things oh like my. that come up from the session okay. and so you're you have to go and um between louisiana realtors apartment association and other other uh housing efforts have to make sure that those committee members understand the the, like the, the practical com- application? Correct. Mm. Because they're just in they're, theory. It's correct. all theory. And they there might be a, a state rep from Alexandria, Louisiana, or Monroe that has no idea how it's affecting something locally here in Baton Rouge or in New Orleans that's right. a little bit different than their world where they live in today. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Can we then talk about Airbnbs? Yeah. Do you do any Airbnb mm-hmm. management? Would you ever? Mm-hmm. I- I would, I would, I'll, I'll never say never anymore, but probably not. Tell us why. Um, one, I don't necessarily know if I could see the our market today keeping up with the, a demand for an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Maybe LSU during LSU football season, yeah. mm-hmm. or through baseball season, uh, or m- maybe some. Uh, I just don't see a current market like a Tennessee or like a Florida or, or mm-hmm. where it's a Because we're a not a vacation business. destination. No. Like you're coming in town for a night. Maybe why a wouldn't you? Trip. Why wouldn't yeah. you? I mean, why aren't you staying at the Watermark or why aren't you staying at mm-hmm. Renaissance or somewhere like, like that? Like a hotel. Depending on where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, if if we had a market for it here, possibly. I just, I don't necessarily see... I think you move from property management to hospitality. Yes. And I don't necessarily uh-huh. see that being something that I, I want to be a, be a, cause you, you are 24 seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Hard to build and scale that at that, at that way. I'll let the professional. Fair. I will say I've never had really, I mean, I, I bought my first rental property in 2014 and I've never had a call in the night from a tenant ever. Isn't oh, that's that a weird? long time. But with my cabin, I have. For sure. Like uh, the Airbnb. They, they expect like, hey, this I'm thermostat's not working. Yeah. I want this done now. in 15 minutes. Right. <laughs> right. Well, just like if you're staying at a hotel and you walk into the hotel hotel yep. room, there's something wrong with it. You are going down and be like, hey. Mm-hmm. Right. 
I need mm-hmm. towels now. No. Right. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I guess when you're when you're renting a property for a year, it's, whether it's a detached home or not, it's your home. Like you, you would if I woke up and my AC didn't work in the night, I'd be like, well, I'll call someone in the morning. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate, but I wouldn't expect that someone's going to magically appear mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. I'm also expecting you, and my lease is expecting you to use it like it's your own too. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like, How do you guarantee you, that? Oh no. I don't necessarily want you going doing a bunch of repairs. I say that in our lease, like let us handle that because I don't want your non handyman Mm -hmm. abilities fixing something that you shouldn't be fixing. Um, But I want, I want you to take care of it. You have to take care of the landscaping. You have to take care of the appearance of the house. You have to, I I want to be able to schedule a walkthrough and make sure it it looks like a, you're living there and Uh you're living like you should be living. Mm-hmm. How often do you do those walkthroughs? We have six months. Uh, every six months. Every six months. Mm. Have you ever been just shocked? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure, we 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 have. Um, Can you tell us the worst thing you've seen in a walkthrough? <laughs> you don't have to name names. I mean, uh, the worst. Worst thing was waking up to a call that a guy burned the house down and he was in it. <gasps> and he, he passed died. away. Like on accident? Yeah, he was cooking. Uh, he was cooking? Oh, no. Burned the house down. That's probably one of the worst. That's terrible. Um, what happened with that? Well, uh, I'm sure there was some insurance yeah, involved. Yeah, fire insurance got, got involved. My owner was really great and gracious. He ended up donating the property. It was right next to the church. He 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 donated the property and they gave him a one a little bit further down the street so it worked out perfect for all parties mm. involved. Oh my. Um we had uh uh Yeah, but like you know, you walked in like we're doing a walkthrough. I mean, they have to know you're coming, right? Right. We'll we'll give them notice that we're coming. Come with worst thing is you see a, a Rottweiler that's not supposed to be there. Uh. That happens a lot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh How do you handle that? We we uh Evict the dog if we can. Mm-hmm. Oh. Evict the dog. Um, that's the main thing. Service animals have become an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody can have a service animal. I'll make a joke with my team. Like, I can't wait for the first alligator to be a service animal. <laughs> right, right. Like, and what do you do with that? Like, what kind of animals have you seen as service animals? Anything? I mean, mainly, it's main, mainly the service animals that, that we see are the ones that are, that are, uh, that will challenge an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Anything that has an aggressive sense. Oh yeah. Um, uh, like a German Shepherd. German type? Shepherd, Pitbull, mm-hmm. D- Doberman Pinscher, mm-hmm. Rottweiler, all of those dogs that have the. I mean, they're in, they're sometimes listed in your insurance policy that you that can't, you can't have, have them. them. Right. And so if your tenant has them, you have an issue. And then if your tenant has a service animal. You have it's, to it's allow it. It's a fair housing. It, right? It's yeah. a fair housing issue now. So, like, Aww. what do you do when it you can't have it because of the insurance, but then you can't not have it because of fair housing? We're we're at the point where I don't think the insurance company is going to want to challenge fair housing. Right. Oh, you just have to be like, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I have proof it's a service day, animal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a tough situation. <gasps> that for is sure. tough. And I have permission to share one of our encounters. Where, as y'all know from our Please. safety our safety episode, that Tanner is in law enforcement, and um, I wasn't going to say this one. <laughs> I want to hear now. I really need to hear it. And handles a lot of narcotics cases, mm-hmm. and had been watching a certain home mm-hmm. that was on his radar. He could have called me, Tanner. You could have called. Me. <laughs> and I get a call from Matt that's like, "Where's your husband? Your husband yeah. busted in? Like, oh, one hundred percent." And he was like, "The next time your husband needs what, to, to knock do a bust, my doors, just let me give him the key so I don't have to repair door doors. frames." Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my it was bad. word! It was bad. Yeah. I mean, I get a call from my owner who lives in maybe Lafayette at the time or North Carolina. I can't remember. He moved around a good bit, but it's like, hey, my neighbors are telling me police are all over the house. Like, mm, you don't say. I'm, I leave in my office, and first phone call I make is to her. Like, where's your husband at? Is he on a. Because I knew. Is he on Main Street? Is, is, is he on. <laughs> I mean, this was a nice a three thousand dollar month rental. It was a nice, it nice matter. rental. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes, from what I hear, you know, drug dealers can make the best tenants because they are compliant. They don't want to be investigated. Mm-hmm. They're going to pay on time. They're low key. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just 
if you get we had started hadn't having some issues with these folks we were in a non-renewal state with them we were just waiting okay. for the renewal like to come a month, about a month situation? there was no there was no re- really violations or nuisance that we could go to eviction and hold up an eviction court okay um until that bust happened and, and then, then you were like no okay had that bus not happened and you said you were in a non-renewal state does that just mean at the end of the lease you were going to say we don't we're not day, offering 30 you. day notice vacate okay mm. do your leases have a month-to-month mm-hmm. clause but you can stop that Correct. by your mm-hmm. okay so for instance after covid when everybody was having problems with not people not paying their rent because they were in these leases you couldn't evict somebody mm-hmm. because they weren't paying their rent well i Quit renewing leases. Yeah. And so I went to a non-renewal state on everybody. So if you if you weren't paying your rent, I was just not renewing your lease. Okay. It, it Which was nothing, allowed. Had nothing to do with you not paying me rent. Did you ever collect that money if they hadn't been paying? I personally had zero you didn't people have any. not pay me. Oh, thank goodness. I had to evict one. Uh, we let one, 30, one girl go on 30-day notice to vacate, but had nothing to do with Rental, not non-payment. Uh, but back to um, Tanner. I mean, <laughs> the, I mean, these folks had, they, I mean, dogs had had sniffed stuff in the walls. They, I had holes in the walls. I mean, it cost only six or seven thousand dollars to fix it to after fix the bus. The house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of the places they hide things. They, yeah, they and were, I joke with Tanner that I'm like, how come you can find cocaine in a cereal box, but you can't find the ketchup in the fridge? <laughs> Like, <laughs> right. Valid, well, valid, not trained, not trained for that. No. no. Uh, oh, man. Very, very ugly. Yeah. But I had texted Tanner the day and I was like, do you happen to be on Main Street? He's like, how do you know that? And I called him out. I'm like, yeah. He's there. <laughs> yeah. And He's so I'm, I run up on the property, gated community, nice house. Yeah, no. <laughs> swimming pool, clubhouse, all the works. Yeah. All um, the- I pull up onto the property and they have cars and, uh, the first thing that happened was he ran into the gate. The guy ran into the gate, driving a big old truck, ran into the gate. So it was called on camera. The HOA contacted me. Uh, so they filed with their insurance. Insurance took care of their gate and everything. But we had just started watching them a little bit closer. Things didn't seem it right. Wa- it wasn't on rental. We were doing more drive-bys, just seeing what was going on. Oh if there my. was any any crazy cars there, we were doing walkthroughs on the house. And, and that, everything uh, seemed okay. Well, no, I mean... We had just told her at that point. We were, we, I told her we weren't renewing the lease; that she mm. should find somewhere else to go. And the the gap between that and um, the drug bust is dang it. See, how much was left on the lease at the time of the bust? Not much, if any. We we were. I mean, it, it ended up working. Dang out. It. Those are Tanner. that's my that's this my my new stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did their homeowners insurance cover the repairs for that, or was it worth it to file? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Yikes! And it was. I mean, in this day and stage, you want to stay away from your homeowners insurance because it much just gets possible. higher and higher and higher if you I mean, use it. Correct. So sad. It really is. Wow. We got to gonna... fight that with Tim Temple. <laughs> okay. He's working on it. Oh, thanks. I'm so glad At to the hear capital. that. Per- perfect. <laughs> perfect. I love hearing that. Can you, for our listeners who are all over the country, give us a little span of like, what are the rental rates that you, like, what's the highest rental per month that you manage? What's kind of the, like, what's the range? Uh, what's really crazy is when I got into the business, the the normal rental range was a 1200 to 1400 Mm-hmm. 15, 16 was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, twenty-four, $2,600 a month is, is, is where our, is your normal, is, is like is, your is, average is starting to get to the average. Like we have some lower stuff, we, but, but the way our tiers work, we don't really, if you're looking for a 10% t- yeah. type of manager, our lower point, it you, won't need, work. you need to be, you need to be uh, above a thousand bucks a month for us to be, be, a, be somebody that you want to work with. Yeah. You'd have to be. Hmm. And so, uh, is it a dollar per square foot? Like, where do you give your owners advice on what price to charge 100%. for rent? Yeah. So, we'll what CRM, is that? We'll, we'll not CRM. We'll put a CMA together on rental rates. Yeah. The rental market. We have a software called. Uh, I haven't used it because it was it was so it was like months behind on where the averages were. So we just went MLS. But I have another software that would give me an average. Um, as well so we would pull mls and that and kind of we'll look at both of those mm. and that's the other thing we advocate for a realtor that if they're talking to 
an investor and having a conversation on rental rates, let's make sure we're on the same page before right, we before sell you, them this property yeah. and they think they're going to, this, this $300,000 rental is going to bring in 3500 bucks a month when it really is only going to bring in twenty six. That's a big difference. Mm, it might not difference. be worth the purchase. For sure. No, that's it. Mm. Are rents going up or down right now? Uh, they're coming down a little bit. Market's kind of slowing. Uh, but we, typically what we'll see is when the interest rates continue rising, mar- our market will heat up. And so right now we're just holding some inventory. And once that happens, we'll, we'll rental rates will start pushing again. Do you, mm-hmm. how, how are vacancy rates? I've never, like, you have any issue with vacancies? No, I mean, we have the some normal. We usually we usually keep one or two at all times. Right now, we uh, the more properties we're gaining on LSU, um, mm. you'll see more in this period of time yeah. because people are moving to the new apartment complex yeah. or they, they want a new house or their parents finally bought something. Yeah. You know, how think. do you market a vacant property. Uh, Tenant Turner um, and Appfolio syndicate through all the Zillow pieces, um, and Zillow goes to uh, Rent USA, all those rental sites, mm-hmm. um, because our market pulled Zillow rentals out because Zillow Zillow was going to charge property managers just like they charge uh, salespeople, yeah. um, and so. We weren't advertising on Zillow at that time. We put it in the MLS, so we co-op. We offer a co-op yeah. to to agents. When an agent refers us business, we give them an agent referral um, on that as well. Mm-hmm. But right. we co-op that in the business. And What's the, the co-op rate that you do? Depends on the rental rate, yeah. really. Um, mm-hmm. But typically, you'll see some. It's not worth. It's most of the time not worth. Is just like a, a rental is, is not do- worth somebody's time. The co-op is not worth. Is it a time. dollar number? I've seen yeah, some that do dollar and do some a, that do like a percentage of the first month's rent. No, we'll do a fixed rate. It's a it's a yeah, number because we're putting so much money on the front end of mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. and it, it's more expensive on our side of it because yeah. It, all the systems that well, come in, we're trying to make it somewhat the handful break that even. I've, yeah, mm-hmm. right. The handful of listing for a, a client as a favor and to get them a tenant. Uh, for a long time, I would do like a 50-50 co-op, right, mm-hmm. of the first month's rent. And then I realized I had to do all the work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the agent that brought the tenant might have shown it. And that was kind of where Walk the buck stopped. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this doesn't no. make sense. And so I had to change it. But for sure. No, I mean, that's that's how ours was. But from from loading it from a new property all the way to marketing it on the market. Um, that's just the beginning pieces of it. Going right. in and making sure that pro- that tenant's the right person for that yeah. property going through the application process. You're talking about a lot of hours and time yeah. in that. Um, and so. We we we're built on the management side of it, not the lease fee side of it. Lease fee is just part of it. We we try to break even, make a little bit of money. Okay, um, but we really make money on the long term management of it. That so makes sense. Will you share with us what do you charge a property owner for you to get the tenant in place? Is it not? Is you're just charging the ten percent per month, or is there a, a there, fee? There's a lease fee. It's there's broken fee. down in the different tiers. Okay. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay, mm-hmm. 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 it gets a. Like the lower one's a little bit more expensive and then goes on. He has a beautiful flyer. I- I'm going to need to see those. <laughs> I'll send it. Okay, great. Did Megan make that flyer? 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's, great. It's great. Great job, Very helpful. I mean, did you think I did? No. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> what would you say are some of the challenges of being a property manager? What's the hardest part? <clears throat> yeah, what's the hardest part? Dealing with, the, I mean, just like sales, you're dealing with emotions and personalities. Um you're dealing with someone that has a set expectation and you have um, of, of a property owner that all they want is their rent. They want to run as lean as possible. And then you have a tenant that wants to pay their rent and they want to make sure everything runs as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, problems come up. So just dealing with that emotion and being as diplomatic as possible is going through and making sure that it's a win-win for everyone involved. Yeah, it's good. It's very interesting. You still manage all of yours yourself? I do, but I just feel like, so I have three in Baton Rouge and then the cabin in Tennessee. They're all occupied right now. And the VRBO sort of runs itself. I do have a cleaning lady in Tennessee. And that's what's interesting, too, talking about different owners. I have had to tell my cleaning lady a few times, like, I'm not the owner that wants you to scrub a stain out of a towel. Right. I want you to toss the towel and I will buy new towels. Right. Like, that's just me. Mm-hmm. But I realized very quickly that... 
from the cabins she cleans, she has owners that are so frugal, don't want to spend a dollar. Like they want to salvage as much as they can. Whereas, you know, I'm a different type of owner that like wants it a certain way. Yeah. And so people are different. But um, so I kind of feel like me and my cleaning lady in Tennessee, she's not a property manager, but she is almost every time a tenant moves out because her schedule links with Airbnb and VRBO. So they all sync together. So when the tenant leaves or the guest leaves, she's the first one there. And she calls me and lets me know if anything's missing. Is anything broken? She sends me photos. So in a way, like she is my property manager and she's my teammate there. And in a way, you see you have someone put eyes on that property more frequently than if you were leasing it out for a year. A hundred percent. So... More opportunities for people to go wild, but... Mm -hmm. Right, right. But I feel like I do need to be pretty hands-on with decisions there, so I need them to call me anyway. So what's the point in them calling someone who then calls me? Just call me if there's... And it's really not bad. I feel like it comes in waves. Like sometimes I go two months with never getting a call, and then one month I get four calls, and you know we just have to deal with it. But my residential ones here, I require them to pay electronically. I log into my app on the first of every month and make sure the rents came in. And, you know, it's it's not too much for me right now. you don't have that many. Yeah. Do you have some clients that, uh, that hire you for property management that only have one unit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because some people, I would think, or do you get some that end up being accidental landlords? Like they couldn't 100%. sell. Yeah. So and then they're like, well, I don't want to deal with this. We'll have, we'll have them... <sighs> We're in the middle of one right now that they we put sign a management agreement, one year contract, renews, all that stuff. Um, put a tenant in the property, and they're like, I think we want to sell. Like, so we're dealing with that more in this market today oh. than we ever have. How do you? Is there an out for them? How do you handle that? Do they have to pay um, the whole? We we try to coordinate it to where it's at the end of the lease as much as yeah. possible. Um, and just tell them how hard it's going to be for a property to show with a tenant in it. Because you can't it. kick the tenant out to uh, sell uh, it. And then you have to you have to acknowledge the rental the the, the rental agreement that's in place, uh, and then that's going to lower your market of ownership because you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to sell right. to an FHA or VA. Right, or, right, right. Seems like you could call some of your investors and be like, "This one's tenant occupied. If you want it." And we do, we do. Uh, the problem with today's market is the prices are so high that yeah. so my high. guys, my guys are spoiled and they want something pennies on yeah, the dollar. Investors rather than, want it cheap and yeah, sellers correct. want it high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the market hadn't really worked um to buy. Um but I think we'll see a we'll see a change in the market here in the next year and a half that will probably open up the rental market to buy a little bit more. Unless okay. you're just cash heavy and you're like I I, I want to get a return better than and better than from a bank and yeah. you can go get a six percent or Mm-hmm. Something return on your money, 8% on your money mm-hmm. from there. So yeah. interesting. Very. Mm-hmm. I could ask you questions all day. And I feel like we need a second episode of just stories. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would like you to shock the people with some like really yeah. good stories. I can he- I can feel you're holding back. 100%. Yeah. You can see it on his face. He's, he's this, holding back. I didn't back. know that we were going to be interviewing a politician. Yes, we he's are. Like, I'm so well behaved. Yes. I'm going to give you all the right answers. I'm like, tell me about the worst thing you've ever seen. Yeah, I mean- <laughs> you, you you see you see stuff all the time. Main, mm-hmm. main main thing is just handling it with the most diplomacy and making right. sure that uh, you don't say something emotionally that you're going to regret. In Have the, in you the ever been sued uh, in, the, in a property management capacity? Is this no. like a okay? Oh wow, that's a real wood that yeah. works. Uh, no, I mean uh, we 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 and I was having this conversation with someone uh, a couple weeks ago. I was like. The goal, the goal is to to stay away from that. I mean, right. there's some things that there people are just litigious and they're going to be yeah. litigious. But at the same time, the owner doesn't want something, the tenant doesn't want something. Let's figure out what the win win could be, right? And let's move on, right. um, and then go from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So interesting. I, I'm good. Yeah. Me I mean, too. unless you want to harass them. Somewhere. No, I think we're good. That's it. All the questions. That's everything Look, that we wanted to ask. I had spares you. if you want me to keep going. <laughs> What was one of the spares? I, th- I thought I saw a spare that Did I was you, like. Feel free. Did you find one that you really wanted to answer? I'm happy to hear it. How often do I provide financial reports? We do that monthly. Oh, to your owners. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 We talked about lease renewals. Mm-hmm. 
You just asked me about lawsuits. We can get a lot done. You'd be surprised in our little, you know, Mm -hmm. one hour time span. Do you have to carry like a special insurance for yourself, like an umbrella policy? No, we use the LREC. Just the regular Mm E&O? We're going to look at getting private insurance this year. But for the most part, it's it's, we're just to increase the um, coverages. Yeah, Yeah. because as a private owner... Like my tenant stuff isn't covered under my E and O. Okay, right, right, yeah. right. But because I manage it under right. my real estate license, my N O. Uh huh. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm satisfied. <laughs> you did a great job, Matt. Thank you Thank for coming you in. For and we didn't me. even let you tell us uh, for the end of this. In episode four, they can go learn all about all the real estate hats you have worn. I don't want you to tell me that again, but just give us your like quick 30 second. We'll do the intro of the outro, like who you are. Okay. You know, that uh, stuff. where they can find you. I'm located in Baton Rouge. My name is Matt Hughes. Um, mm-hmm. Me and my dad uh, have Hughes Realty Group um, in Baton Rouge. I just recently merged with him in September, October of uh, 2020. Two? One, two? Was two? it 22? Yeah, I don't know. 22, 22. 22. Um, I uh, have really bridged my my business from uh, into property management mainly. I do a lot of governmental relations stuff with a lot of different entities um, and do that piece of it a, a good bit. That's where uh, a lot of my communication and getting involved with different uh, uh, bills and committees on, at the state capitol. But capital. that's just your passion, right? It is. Like you just have a passion for that. For, for some reason, yes. I love that. Someone <laughs> has to. Someone yeah, has and to. so I love I love property management too. So and and so I love real estate, um, and and I'm very passionate about private property rights and making sure that we ensure our kids kids get to have private property rights. And so uh, going through that, that's where really where after after being involved with the uh, local level, state level, now national level, I've really just put on a hat that's just going and trying to figure out what's the best for. Uh, for the state, not necessarily an elected position, but yeah, because sometimes you can get more done as an advocate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being here. No problem. Did you bring a toast? Oh, I did see that. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I, I can't mean, remember who he toasted to the first time. I don't remember. Probably somebody on my team. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, I'm um, sure. I would have to toast to my team again. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do the things right. that I get to do without Megan and without Derek. Mm-hmm. Megan's a huge piece. I mean, I introduce her to people. She feels like she runs my real estate side of my business. And, I love that. And my life, and she's she's huge. Uh, my dad, being being business with my dad's been really, That's really so interesting, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize how much it meant to him until we did it. And it's a very important for his it. legacy. It's like he and, never wanted to push it, but when it was yeah, your idea, yeah, he he's excited. like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that. it's been pretty cool. Um, I talked to him more than I ever have. I need to meet your dad. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're on industrial plex. Is it uh, Bunky? Is that your Bunky, dad? Bunky Hughes. I have, I mean, you don't miss a name like Bunky Hughes, no, for sure. right? And I remember I've just passed by it on, on industrial plex so many times. You see his signs and I'm like, I didn't ever put two and two together. Yeah. No, I mean, that was what was really cool is I, I, in 2006, I really just wanted to do my own thing, be my own. Yeah. Learn on my own and not necessarily just fold into what uh mm-hmm. what he had going on. Um, That could have been the probably the easier road to go and probably not need as many hats or have to have as many hats. <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, you but, bring uh, a better value no, now like because yeah, of that. Sure. I, lo- I, lo- I love my path. And now that I'm I'm there, it works out perfectly. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so cheers to Megan, Derek, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Okay, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. No problem. You. Thank you all. Okay, goodbye. 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 Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash hustle humbly and leave us a review or drop a comment if you're listening on Spotify. If you have an episode topic or someone you'd like to toast on the show, please email us at team at hustlehumblypodcast.com. Find us on social media at Hustle Humbly Podcast. Don't forget to find all of the free resources at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. See you next week. This is the good life.